welcome to another edition of the Multiversal News. This is uh, the first of, uh, what's, the, what's this month again? Uh, September. September. Yeah, oh God, already it's September? Where did my year go? Okay, 2011. Uh, we're going to have another show here. We're talking to the uh, people uh, who are the nexus of a new uh, film production company called Coffee and Donuts, correct? Is that, That's right, right, Coffee and Donuts Productions. Is that one word or two words? It's actually three. It's three, three words. Oh. Well, two words and a letter. And right. a letter. Right. Well, you know, A is a letter, N can be a letter, too. Uh, it's, uh, N is kind of a word this time. It is. It, it, it's uh, short for a and D, I would guess. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just speculating. Anyway, uh, I will uh, introduce you guys. Uh, Catherine Grellish, Jen George, and Karen Townsend. Uh, uh, you guys have different uh, duties that uh, you have involved with the company here. You just finished a new film, by the way, called um, Reversal. Reversal. Now, we're going to be talking about that in, in a little bit in the future, but I want you, you girls to tell me, excuse me, women, Tell me what you do for the company. I, I want to give you all the due respect that you Absolutely. Have. Well, I'm the communications director for the company. Okay. I'm Catherine, and I'm the I'm a producer and the creative director, and I'm also the composer in residence for the company. Okay. And? I'm Karen, and I'm the finance director for the company. Okay. Now, those are really wonderful titles. What do you actually do for the company? Does it, does it fit the title, or, does, or is it more malleable? Well, it certainly is more malleable. We definitely have these roles because we need to have some sort of structure for the company and for the yeah. people that we work with. But the nature of independent film is that everybody throws their hat in the ring and we take care of business. Do, do you all do a little PA work too? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Anything that's needed on the set, we take care of it. Oh, God. Yes, I, I know how you feel about that. I've, I've done it few movie projects myself. Anyway, uh, what exactly do you do? Now, you do publicity and communication. Uh, Communications. So, I spearhead communicating with all of our partners. We have so many individuals that we're working with uh, between collaborators on projects, our actors, our crew. So, I take care of all of that. So, you're the person who makes these big important choices like whether or not to come onto the multiverse. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, I I think you made the right choice Well, thank you. We're thrilled to be here. you're still uh, fundraising for the, the movie, right? We are, absolutely. We have an active campaign on Indiegogo.com. And okay. Tell the camera here. <laughs> go to Indiegogo.com. Go to Indiegogo.com backslash reversal. We're at the end of our crowdfunding campaign. We have about another ooh, week and a half to go. Yeah. Ten days. And we have another 1700 and change that we need to raise for the movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's actually all for post-production. Um, we've actually, by the time we were on set, we had fully funded everything that we needed to actually shoot the film, which was fantastic, yeah. and that was our goal. And now we're just wrapping post. Yeah, okay, so you need to pay the editor, that sort we of We need thing. to pay the editor, we need to pay the composer. God, yes. okay. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in time, yeah. um, a part of that is that we really made a fantastic film. We're so excited from watching the dailies and being a part of the shoot. And yeah. we really think we have a good chance to be submitted to Sundance. So Okay, yeah. So, folks, remember, this is for the arts. Dig into your pockets. <laughs> get that money. Put in another 10 or 20 bucks. 
and I will give you a wonderful tote bag if you give a thousand dollars. Oh wow, tote bag! And you know what? Even if you think you can't give to Indiegogo.com backslash reversal. We would love you to just go and check out the video that we have on there. Every single click helps. And yeah. if you really want to help us out, then take that link, post it on your Facebook page, tweet it, put it on your blog, put it on your website. Anything you can do just to raise our profile, we would really appreciate because every single click helps us. That's, and a part yeah. of that with the clicks, it's trying to get us on the front page of Indiegogo.com. So that when we get on the front page, there are more people that don't know us that are going to hear about the film. So that's the whole point of clicking and getting us promoted onto that front page. Getting our name out there. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Now, that's that's good promotional work right there. Now, is there anything we need to mention now about the movie? Like, I don't know. How about the, the actors that are in it? Uh, should we talk about the... Ben Andrews, oh, isn't he so dreamy? <laughs> he is so dreamy, and he's also a fantastic actor. He is. He's, uh, I've worked with him before, and he can do anything. He's got incredible facial expressions. He really knows how to sell the the, the personality, uh, uh, when, whatever he works with. He uh, does a very good job of it. Uh, also, I met Trent Miller just recently. She was uh, working on another movie. Wow, she's getting around a lot these days. Um, and uh, who's the third actor? Rick Walters. Rick Walters, okay. Uh, and then she has a small... Uh, he has act, a small yeah. but pivotal role in this film, but Reversal is really built out as a trilogy. So Reversal is the middle segment of the uh, trilogy, and he will have a bigger place to play <laughs> in the yeah. prequel and sequel. I see. Okay, okay. So now, the, the way I, I see the plot, I don't... Uh, do, before we talk about the movie, is there anything we haven't said about your uh, coffee and donuts at the corporation yet? Well, okay, let's talk about let's talk about the history of it first. I hate to, to, to jump back and forth, folks, but uh, let's talk about the history of coffee and donuts. Who was the first person to say, "Let's start a company called Coffee and Donuts"? Uh, we can't actually remember who came up with the idea. Jen and myself and the other producer on Reversal, Leah Preston, met on the set of another film several years ago, and we got together one day and thought, you know, we should really start our own production company. And it was born about six months ago in my dining room. Oh, good. And good. Then you put it together and said, all right, we're going to make movies. We're going to crank about 10 a year or something like that? Or? Well, that's a pretty lofty goal. Um, yeah. We essentially sent out a request for submissions for shorts and we received an overwhelming response and we actually found two that we loved oh. and optioned and Reversal was the first one we actually put together and it was written by a local actress, Jen Page. Jen Page. I wish I could have had her on the show. I like uh, to talk to writers, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, we... There's still time. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, alright. Uh, if uh, we could get her on sometime in the future, that would be great. Um, First of all, uh, what's the second film? Now you got my curiosity up. There's, you have a, a second one that. Uh... Uh, we have a steampunk web series in production at the moment. It's a series. Yes. Okay. Twelve episodes. Steampunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Okay. What's the what's the synopsis here? Um. Well, I. I'm gonna let Jen. Let me pick it up. Um, yeah. The name of it is Rise is Rise of Esther. 
and uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, I take it you're a fan. You're I, a fan. I met the guy who created this game called The Rise of Esther, and he yes. was describing some of it too. The world is a world where um, oh, there's so much to this. A very involved world. You guys are going to create the series. We're creating a webisode series. Oh, for it. thank God! The world needs this. This is a really great <laughs> milieu. Says so a great story needs a great backdrop, and. Um, Folks, let me tell you, the rise of Esther is is wonderful because it uh, creates a world that you can't ever have imagined on your own. Uh, the, the creators who created this, they showed me this map, and the ocean levels rise up, uh, the the geography changes, and the atmosphere itself changes so that right. things can float in the sky, like like ships can float in the sky in certain parts of the world and in certain parts not so much. So it's a very interesting kind of... Uh, change in the laws of physics that uh, I find fascinating with this one. Wow! That's a, I, now I'm really excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would uh, definitely would love to help out with, with something like that. If you need a PA or something, Absolutely. We'll All right. Mind. Well, anyway, tell us more about the, how many shows are you going to do, uh, are you planning to do for the for this series? Right. We're starting with 12 webisodes. Okay. So the, we'll do about 10 minutes per webisode, and we'll roll those out next year. So we're also very excited. SteamCon is right around the corner. So we're in the process of getting the pre-production together so that we can launch our campaign at that time. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. The Rise of Esther is a wonderful story that should be told. It's, it, the guys uh, that designed it made it into sort of a role-playing game, which right. I wanted to play, but I just haven't had time. <laughs> but it's really cool. The, the, the premise is really interesting, and there's nothing creates a great story like a backdrop that has all these different things added to it. There's uh, so many surprises out there. Like he told me that uh, there these great clouds of gas come from the North Pole and the South Pole, but nobody knows why. Right. Nobody can say why, the, where this is coming from, but it's affecting the physics, the laws of physics to some degree. Uh, plant life grows really high, fast, and then Boy, I didn't expect to get talking about this. This is a total surprise <laughs> by me. Um, Glad you're a fan. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. God, I just, God, my dream come true. Anyway, let's talk more about the company. Did we uh, discuss enough about the, the, um, uh, the, what other members of the company would you like to mention here for everyone to, uh, to, to let them know what they're contributing to it. Uh, yeah, I noticed uh, Leah Preston and David Preston are both were significant for working on the, the film Reversal. Reversal. Absolutely. David yeah. Preston is our director, and okay. he's just fantastic. This is the first film that he's directing, but he has a great breadth of experience within yeah. film itself. Oh, good. Well, that yeah. always helps. Like, I directed my first film... And I had no experience whatsoever. I, I believe in uh, starting at the top and working my way down to PA. And when I become a PA, I'm going to be a very knowledgeable PA, but never mind. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's always good to get the experience first. And Leah Preston, his wife, is producing? She's one of the producers on the okay. film, and it was Karen and Leah and, Leah and I that started the company to begin with. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, it's just been very exciting. And then moving forward with the company, it's Karen and Catherine and myself. Okay. Now I got a question for you, Catherine. Uh, what type of music are did, are you working and, and making for a reversal? For reversal, it's going to be an orchestral uh, hybrid score with uh, electronic elements as well. 
I mean, we really want to pull up the dramatic element of this film. This film is full of intrigue, full of twists and turns. So we definitely want the music to reflect that. But honestly, you know, for the composer, it really I really have to wait until I see what is happening in the film. I, you know, when I see the, the first edit yeah. to really get a feel for, you know, what it's calling for, what it's asking for. And then I, you know, I'll be sitting down with okay. Dave Preston, the director, and we're going to sit down and check it out and figure out where music needs to come in and what role it's going to play. Because the music is a character. Good. I know. H how do you record it? Do you do instruments yourself and record it over on top of each other, like uh, in a studio, or do you work with other musicians? I, well, I have a home studio, and I have the ability to record uh, small, you know, small single ensembles in, in my studio. Okay. Um, given the budget of this film, a lot of it is going to be MIDI-based, so, you know, you'll I have... Be, you'll be doing a lot of it yourself? Yeah, a lot okay. of it is myself. It's pretty, pretty much going to be all of me, <laughs> okay. at least for this, you know, for our first for, film. For a film of this dark nature, do you tend to go for... Um, whole tone scales and more of the spookier type of music uh, rather Definitely. than western oriented uh, scales of a traditional sort? Well, you know, if you if you really go in and look at um, all the good, you know, intrigue and, and dark films out there, yeah. you know, nothing goes nothing goes better than a good old minor Evil scale. Music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or Get those minor thirds minor. going yeah. or even because of the intriguing nature, you, you don't you don't want the music to spoon feed what you should be feeling, so the music should definitely also just be kind of hinting at what yeah. you, what what is going do on you, in the do film. Do you tend to bring the music more into the background, or do you push it more forward, uh, or or do you variate how it, how that I vary. Goes? It really it depends on you know what's happening in the scene. Yeah. Clearly, if there's dialogue going on or something like that. You know, music, you need to hang back. Yeah, the music is really a, definitely a character, and the, and the character needs to speak sometimes, and sometimes needs to, to stay back. Yeah, it's very well part. said. I like it. Yes, uh, yeah, I've always uh, loved music. Uh, the, the, uh, I've, after writing music for rock bands and then writing music for movies later on, uh, I found it was a lot more fun because you could do more with, with movies. In fact, you had to do more. Exactly. So, so it's, it's very interesting. What type of uh, instruments do you use? What, uh, what's your, your favorite axe? My favorite axe? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you can never go wrong with, with the keyboard. And, and my keyboard is also my, my MIDI controller. Ah. So my keyboard can turn into an orchestra. My keyboard can turn into, you know, a, a wild-sounding synthesizer. It, it just really depends on, on what it's calling for. It can turn into a percussion machine. So, okay. you know, so it's definitely my keyboard, but, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of acoustic guitars in my studio. I have, you know, I have my violin. I have a trumpet. I have a trombone. Do you have, do you have an electric guitar? I, I do have an electric guitar, yeah. Is it a Les Paul? No, it isn't. Oh. I go with, uh, I'm from Australia, <laughs> and so the brand that I tend to go towards is Mayton. Oh, okay. All right. Now, that, that's great. That's great. Beautiful instrument. Uh, yeah, so what, uh, what, what, uh, do you have any musical training? Did, did you yes. learn, uh, I, uh, I got my bachelor's degree at Cornish College of the Arts ah. and my master's of music at Boston University. Wow. And okay. I'm a classically trained singer and violinist, but I also have studied jazz and sung in a lot of rock bands. So wow. I, I love the world of music. There's, there's a lot there and I want to learn it all. What, what, uh, what, what would be your, your, what was the, the type of music that you heard early in your youth that made you want to be a musician? Well, my mom's a concert pianist, so I was raised on Brahms and Beethoven. Ah, okay, the classics. Yes, and okay. uh, but my dad loved the Beatles. Oh, so when mom yeah. wasn't around, that's what he cranked. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, and then my mentor in uh, in Australia is a phenomenal like jazz and uh, R and B musician. Uh -huh. So like all those elements really played into my upbringing. Very good, very good. Okay, now we're going to continue to talk about the the the, the company. Um, uh, now let's talk about the movie uh, Reversal. Now obviously I can't ask you how it ends. I can't ask you any kind of questions. that are going to give too much away. But the premise really interested me right off the bat because it starts off, here's a guy, can't remember what he's doing in his car. He's got a gun in his hand and uh, some poor unfortunate woman in his trunk. Um, so he doesn't know what's going on. Does she know what's going on? Or am well, I allowed to ask? <laughs> <laughs> the the film is really about how this communication unfolds between the two of them. And who do we believe? Do we believe him? Do we believe her? Yeah. Does he really remember anything? Does he not remember anything? Is she telling the truth? So, um, uh, we don't know any of these things. And it's really about this uh, great dialogue between the two of them. So they're Who's both playing who? Yeah. So they're, Absolutely. They're, he's trying to trick her into giving him information. And does she know he's got amnesia? Uh, he's trying not to reveal that, too, right? I think that we're going to let our viewers go ahead and check the film out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this right. is a 15-minute film, so all right, although all right. it is ripe with intrigue, it is a short film. So, I know. Well, um, we'll see, have to leave something for the viewers to discover well, on their own. Longer than the film actually read. Yeah. Well, see, I know. I was just trying to do what that guy on the movie was doing. I was trying to trick you into giving me information. But we're sneaky. Good try. Good try. I know. Well, I Let's see, that's what us, us writer types tend to do. All right, now, um, you say there's going to be a prequel that's going to sort of explain more what's going on, and, and then there's something that comes afterwards, too, that will wrap up everything. In Absolutely. Time there's a prequel and sequel in the works with our writer, Jen Page. Okay. And so what we were, were planning on doing is re uh, releasing the sequel first and then going back to the beginning and doing the prequel to wrap it all up. Okay. Okay. All Have right. That origin story to start things off. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so uh, it turns out that the woman turns out to, that the. Oh, never mind. I was going to try to make some <laughs> Turns out that she's his mom or something, or. No. Alice is still. Yeah. That. Uh, I know that didn't really work. I was, I was trying to be funny. I just, okay, all right. Well, in know. the world of Benjamin Button, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting. Yeah, I saw that movie, and I still can't figure it out. But, uh, but maybe I will. Maybe I should watch it again. Anyway, um, now I'm really interested in the rise of Ethan. I had no idea you guys were working on this as a, a web series. Uh, I'm I'm impressed. Uh, it's it's a really a great backdrop, a great milieu. You could write many, many, many stories based on this milieu. And the flying boats are, are really what gets to me the most. I mean, they can only fly in the northern and southern polar area. That's actually kind of wider than the polar area, but they can't fly on the equator. So what do they do? They plop down in the water and <laughs> splash along, or? Well, one of the great things about doing this webisode is that there are three creators for Rise of Esther, which uh -huh. are Marshall Hunter, Guy Garrison, and Jeff Allen. I, I met Marshall. He's the yep. guy who showed me the map and everything. Yeah, so, fantastic are, set of guys. Are, very creative. Are they guys, writing? They are yeah. writing. Okay. They are writing. 
And Guy actually has a background in special effects, which is beautiful because a part of doing these webisodes is maintaining the integrity of this world um, for yeah. the fans. Yeah. Right? So that's really important to us. And we love the fact that Guy already has special effects experience. So there are certain things that we can't physically do that he can certainly project onto the screen for us. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so and special we'll effects be working. Are, are um, tough. We're in the process of securing our crew. Hiring a fabulous production designer is certainly the top of the list. Um, again, maintaining the integrity of this beautiful world is very important to us. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, how do you? How are you going to do the flying boats and stuff? And uh, how many characters are going to be in the movies? Or movie magic, yeah. absolutely. No. We can't spoil that for the viewers either. You'll yeah, have to well, into the webisodes and don't check it worry out. if you. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take away the mystery? Oh, yeah. Well. Esther is, gonna, is a very, very great concept. I'm sure you'll be able to do some wonderful things with it. Um, it it's a, a, so this is two good good stars that you guys have got going here. Good job. Uh, you, you. You picked the right ones. Uh, now, did you have to reject any scripts you thought, God, I'd really like to do this, but we don't have time? I mean... Uh, did you run across a few right, of those? Right, absolutely. Well, a part of that was we put out a call for scripts, and we did have some parameters around what we really wanted to do for our first film as Coffee and Donuts. Uh -huh. And so a part of that was there were some amazing scripts, but it was just too too broad for us to yeah. really capture. Yeah. Um, but we did come up with two that we loved, and we decided to go for Reversal first, primarily because it shot outside. Yeah. And yeah. so with Seattle, uh -huh. you know, that gave us a very limited shooting time frame yeah. so we opted for that first and then the second which is titled hooker um, is indoors so we can do that uh, later on down the road hooker trend miller again yes <laughs> we have not yet begun our casting but we are total fans of trends she is oh, just yeah. she's a gift well, she's a gift I, I, to the acting community she's pretty easy to interview she uh, I, I didn't see her act or anything but i'm sure she'll We'll check out Reversal, and you'll be able to see her. When? When can I see it? When can I see it? When can I see it? Soon. Soon. Okay. We're, you know, we're doing post-production. We're getting it all together. Hopefully, we'll be able to premiere at Sundance. Hope, hope. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. 15 um, minutes. And well, then after yeah. that, we'd be going to try and premiere at the Seattle International Film Festival. Yeah, well, Ben and Trent are, are a couple of real pros. And, uh, I've worked with Ben, so I can speak for, for sure that, that he's a really talented at uh, being able to, to do the roles that he does. Uh, he's got a great facial expressions. Uh, he's really good at selling the uh, character and uh, and getting inside the, the character and making him alive. I, I haven't seen Trent yet, but I've heard good things about her. And she's getting a lot of work, so it's got to say something. Absolutely. Uh, what have you got to say about Trent as, as an actress? What's, a, what's her strong points? Uh, she's amazing. She... She got I, good facial I, I, expressions. All, yes, watching her on set, you get drawn in to the scene uh -huh. where you realize when they say cut, you're like, oh, and you you just get drawn in. She's amazing. Yeah, wow. Some people could do it. There's some some actors and actresses that have that kind of talent. And then she's working alongside of Ben. God, that's probably a real good combination. Okay, um, <clears throat> now the logistics involved with something like this. Um, how many characters do you plan on happening with the rise of Esther? It sounds like it could be very complicated. If you're not careful, you could have a bunch of characters added in pretty quickly, which 
I tend to do when I'm writing. Uh, <laughs> I think that there will be a very large cast of characters yeah. with this, but one of the beautiful things is that we have this amazing steampunk community in Seattle. Oh, so yeah. when it comes to extras, um, yeah. I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. Right. Oh, could I? Could I? Please, please be an extra. I've got goggles. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My sister made me a steampunk outfit, so I'm... I'm that's I need great. to use it somewhere, so I might as well. Use in October. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, could I be the guy that dies uh, early on in the. <laughs> I'd love to die on film uh, rather than die making it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, what type of. Uh, do you have any ideas of the kind of music that you'd be writing for uh, Rise of Esther? Well, what I'm really planning to do in this, in this pre production phase is really explore the world of steampunk. Which is something I'm newer yeah. to. Um, just, I, I think it's fascinating. And so, you know, just like on any project, you really want to spend your time doing your research, hearing what's being done, talking yeah. to the community, hearing what they what they feel fits yeah. with the steampunk community, and going well, from there. It's kind of funny. You, you'd think it would be Elizabethan-type music of the classical sort of the uh, late uh, 1800s, but not necessarily. Well, because uh, there's a whole edge to steampunk, yeah. which I think musically is so fun to explore oh yeah i can imagine and, uh, and just like with yeah. everything we do we really want to have a high quality of excellence and we also want to bring something new to the table so i definitely keep that in mind when i'm composing the music for our projects yeah um once again i don't want to get too technical with the music <laughs> actually i do <laughs> go <laughs> I <love> for it, it. <laughs> okay now uh with steampunk music do you, uh, would you, are you going to be tempted to want to keep thinking of Western tonality to reflect the Elizabethan type or uh, Victorian type uh, music? Or would you be more interested in, in working in more, uh, 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 well, actually punk music, so to speak? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it really, it depends on what, again, what fits with what we shoot. Yeah. And what's appropriate, you know, yeah. and, and it's so hard to, to answer these questions before I, the fact. I can imagine, yeah, because, I'm, you know, I know I'm really kind of uh, leaping way ahead. No, I mean, it's cool, and, and these are all questions I'm, I'm definitely asking myself now. Oh, I mean, good. you know, the punk aspect, the, the kind of edgy aspect, and the, the fact that it does call on kind of the Victorian era. It's all really uh, exciting things, and also the gadgetry that's associated with steampunk has a really cool, you know, part, you know, place and music as well so th th these are all areas i'm going to be exploring well uh, here's another question for you are would you be tempted to want to use uh, mechanical type instrumentation absolutely the, yeah okay definitely. yeah because that, that's definitely the, the whole because it's keep, yeah. genre is machines yeah keeping within that culture goofy machines <laughs> that are big as the uh, buildings and stuff that fly around and oh god yeah i saw some anime recently that was like uh, it's it, it's kind of gets ridiculous after a while, you know. It's, it's too many machines. It's too too hard to, to believe. Um, I think uh, one of the, one movie I think that kind of hits the, the genre pretty well was uh, uh, Sky Captain. It was done yeah. with lots of green screen, and I thought the the characters were really good for it. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did a good job in her role as the ace reporter. And it, it, it was kind of steampunkish, but more like early 1900s steampunk rather than late 1800s. There's kind of a different feel to it. It's more like pre-World War II kind of. Uh, 
but that has kind of a different feel to it. It's, this is more like a history of, of science fiction when you start to delve into to, to steampunk. Now, Rise of Ether, however, is a different in a lot of important ways. It creates a world that is so unusual and weird and baffling that um, I can't really begin to... Um, you can't really attach it to any genre. You can say it's steampunk, but it's beyond steampunk. There's a lot more to it than just steampunk. Uh, when you've got uh, variations on the laws of physics, you're really doing something unique and, and interesting. And I think that's why it's going to be so attractive to our viewers because, you know, yeah. Guy and Marshall, these guys are taking it to the next level. I know. I was, you know, I was so impressed with this guy's game. I just, I wanted to get him on the show and I talked to him a few times, but we, we never nailed it down. And then I, there's still time, right? <laughs> yeah. We yeah, can book uh, you a whole bunch of people yeah. in an interview if you want. Well, I tell you what, why don't we wait with Marshall to a little bit closer to Steampunk? When is Steampunk, by the way? Is it November? It's October 14th through the 16th. Oh, God, I better get busy and talk to, uh, uh, who's, the, who's the lady who runs that? It's, uh, Diana Vick. Vick, that's right, Miss Vick. I've had her on before for uh, uh, on the show, and I'd like to get her on before Steampunk, and maybe... Uh, well, next year you guys will probably have uh, this thing, one of the one of the shows done on the on the series, right? Absolutely. Oh, good. You're going to show that at the, the Steam Con next year? Uh, uh, probably. Likely. Yeah, I know. I'm really Likely. jumping ahead here. I hope you forgive me. <laughs> God, I, you're I, a visionary. Well, I, I cannot believe that you're doing this Rise of Astra. It's just like I, I, of all the ideas that could have been propped up, that was one that I really think would make a great 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 show okay um now why don't we talk about what you guys plan to do uh after after all this stuff okay i'd love jen to talk about the vision of the company when you think it's yeah. focused. right right well we're really focused on productions with women in thought-provoking roles okay so that's the guideline that we use when we're going through our scripts and our projects uh working with local crew. We love the Seattle film community. It's so supportive. We love being a part of it. Okay. Uh, what the, uh, that, that brings up an interesting question about history. Now, um, when I was younger, I'm, I'm like 54 now, so I, I can remember when the women's liberation movement was still young and uh, uh, women were, like yourselves, were still trying to experiment with your own lifestyle and how to feel about certain things. You were breaking some rules, but keeping some things the way they, they were before. Now, how does it, uh, is, is this part of what you mean by thought-provoking roles? Uh, Absolutely. Well, women, yeah, women continue to change and yeah. our roles in society change. And so that's something that we just want to continue exploring. Yeah. And there are so many ways to do that and so many fabulous films and characters and... Being this, women in film, that's something that we want to explore. Are most of the plots in the future going to be more focused on the on female characters? Um, well, our, we'll definitely have female protagonists, and yeah. that will be, like I said, the guideline for the projects that we choose. But, of course, there's going to be a great breadth of characters okay, so in all of our projects. The idea of having a movie with mostly men in it is probably like Star Wars, for instance. <laughs> has one female the entire universe. It's, she it's had a, a pivotal role, though. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, absolutely. So that actually would qualify. Yeah, the role of nerd dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, who hasn't had a nerd dream about uh, uh, 
Princess Leia. Yeah, right. I think that died when I saw Matthew Broderick licking her face on a comedy roast once. <laughs> that, that was disconcerting. <laughs> uh, was, um, anyway, uh, i got to get that thought out of my head. Uh, let's talk about something else quick. Reversal. Let's get yes, back to reversal. Yes, absolutely. Let's, let's spend the last 10 minutes of, of the hour talking about reversal, which we can't talk about because everything I want to ask uh, will involve the plot. Which, Can we talk about the link again? 15 minutes, right? And, yes, and it's uh, Indiegogo.com okay. backslash reversal. This is, this is a dialogue-driven movie. Absolutely. For the, for the most part. And the guy wakes up, gun in hand, some strange lady in his trunk, and he can't remember what happens. There is some action, though. Yeah. Absolutely. And we worked with a fabulous stunt choreographer, Kevin Farrow. Okay. That might be him now. <laughs> okay, we'll just throw that away right now. Sorry, I could call him back later. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, I, I normally don't get calls, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, we're talking about the stunts. About the stunts. So Kevin, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Farrow, fabulous stunt choreographer, and actually Rick Walters ended up uh, doing being the choreographer for one of the scenes uh -huh. um, as well. And he's very talented. So we were just so thrilled. Everybody on our cast and crew was amazing. Chris Taylor, who is our director of photography and is also our editor, totally brilliant. Adam Gerke on sound. There's a lot of great talent here for, for movie making here in this town. It, it amazes me ever since I first started to get involved. I couldn't believe how many people came up when I first tried to make a movie, uh, all on my own, unfortunately. Um, but I had so many great people show, like Ben Andrews, for instance, and right. I can think of numerous others that, like Meredith Binder, uh, total professional. Uh, I would recommend her for any role that you have, especially for, for female roles in the future. And uh, uh, George Dunn and many others that did really well. And, of course, just a few that, that created enough trouble. Uh, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and there's no reason living in the past. Now, so on, on this particular movie, um, what was the, how many people did you have in the crew total? Uh, 10, 20? We had about 20 people on the crew all together. Okay, and three actors. Uh, are you going to keep your films uh, with as few characters as possible in the future, except for I wouldn't Rise say of Esther? so. I wouldn't say so. It just for this particular film, um, that's what felt good to us, working with something that was going to be a smaller production because we're so committed to creating excellent films. And with this being the first film for Coffee and Donuts Productions, we decided let's do something that is a small world that we can create, do it well, yeah. get amazing talent in, fabulous crew, and knock everybody's socks yeah. off, which uh, is what well, we feel we're doing when we've been looking at the dailies and we're doing our editing, and we really do think we have a good chance of getting into Sundance. Okay, okay, so you, uh, the film's going to be about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like you shot enough material to cover it, or do you think you might have to go back for a couple more shots? Or 
Uh, we may do a pickup shot or two. Um, it was... But you got most everything, right? We did. We, oh, we absolutely captured everything. But that was um, that was one of the interesting um, processes of the film, was realizing there were so, so many great angles to capture. Um, we were filming yeah. on location in Shelton, Washington. Um, of course, you have your own challenges when you want to shoot entirely outdoors and managing the light, yeah. which we did really beautifully by selecting a piece of road that had a gorgeous canopy of trees, which really helped us in managing that process. Um, there's, I feel certain there are more shots we wish we could have gotten, but I know that we captured everything. So. Exactly. Where was the location? In Shelton, uh, Washington. Shelton, Washington. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, but to the east part, or which road were you on? Out there. We were on Summers Drive. Summers Drive, okay. Right, so it's more of a residential community. Um, okay. Really just beautiful, picturesque roadside. Was there any problem getting this location, or were people pretty There was no problem in getting the location, although we have to say that in, in working with Mason County, they were totally fantastic, although working with the film crew was very new to them. So there were a few communication challenges that needed to get worked out, but um, ultimately everything went really well, um, all permits secured. Insurance covered, everything that was needed. Oh, yes. By the book. By the right. book, absolutely safety first. It's so important. But I never got insurance for any movies. <laughs> Maybe something you shouldn't be mentioning. Okay. Uh, well, it's kind of a little late for anyone to sue me. And besides, I've got nothing that can be taken <laughs> except for this cheap suit here. <laughs> and you can have it. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Well, uh, the tie I'm keeping, though, I, I'm going to have it. Well, that's, yeah, uh, insurance, uh, what's, what's the, uh, well, uh, we got like two minutes left yet. Now, let's wrap this up, and I want you guys to tell me um, what type of material you would want people sub to submit to, uh, as far as scripts go. Are you looking for more short films or more longer films, or what would you be looking well, for? Well, we have a whole, uh, right now we have five projects in various stages of development. We're wrapping post on Reversal. We have the prequel and sequel of Reversal. Those will both be shorts as well. We have Hooker, which is a longer short film that'll be closer to around 30 minutes in length. Um, we have the webisode series, and we also have a feature in the works. Okay. So right. we're, we're here to take on any kind of film project that works well within our parameters, which is about yeah. having women in thought-provoking roles. Excellent work. So what kind of female characters are going to be in Rise of Esther? <laughs> <laughs> still being written. Still being okay. written and developed, right. yes. Okay. But I feel pre-production, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I would love to be part of the writing staff on that thing. But never mind. I'm not going to say another word. Uh, I'm sure you guys got a lot of excellent writers already. Anyway, I, I, that uh, pretty much does it for this week. I hope you enjoyed uh, watching us on the Multiversal News. Uh, please come back next week. We're going to be doing a 10th anniversary of the 9-11 event. And please now, check us out on uh, coffeeanddonuts.com oh yes. and indiegogo.com backslash reversal. we just love for you guys to check it out. And definitely please retweet post on your Facebook wall. We really appreciate your and support. And give money. It takes money to make great art. Great art needs money. Come on, you got 20 bucks. Pop a little over here and let's get this uh, show on the road. And if you have any questions for Coffee and Donuts in general, you can reach us at info at coffeeanddonuts.com. That's C-O-F-F-E-E-N donuts with a Z. Ah, we're getting <laughs> splashed over here. 
All right. Well, that's it for the Multiversal News. I'll see you next week when we do our 10-year anniversary look at the 9-11 incident, and we'll see how much we have learned and not learned. Goodbye. See you next week.